Still reeling from the attack from the dead inside the conference centre, the five survivors made their way through the lanes and back onto the main road, which was littered with familiar destroyed vehicles, overturned buses and lorries. The few scabbies that they happened across were disposed of quickly, with a swift stab to the cranium. Roach and Julia were walking up front, and Pete and Danny were trailing behind. Danny was starting to feel very tired and weak. The weeks of not being very well were really taking their toll. She had not eaten anything substantial for days, and now they were on the move. Every single step was hard work. Pete had his arm around her to try and hold her up the best he could. He was concerned about her, but he wasn't happy that they were out in the deadlands, but he knew that they had no choice. They needed to find somewhere to stop for the night. Cal slowly walked behind them, pulling a thread that was loose on his new toy that Roach had given him. He was scared. The conference centre was terrifying. Every time he blinked, he saw the images of the dead coming for him. Danny and Pete seemed distracted, and he felt that they wouldn't have cared if he'd stayed behind. As they passed shop windows, Cal noticed a poster for a hill-walking shop. The image of a happy family hugging each other on top of an emerald green hill with a crystal blue sky behind them was plastered on the wall. He sighed as he remembered days spent with his mum and Danny as they walked through forests and walked through the countryside. Life seemed a lot better back then. Suddenly, his memory was interrupted by the sound of Danny's voice. How are you two doing? Are you I'm okay? I'm fine. A little tired. We'd be good to find somewhere to rest for a bit. Cal is struggling right. too. We will find something soon. It shouldn't be too much further. Come on, Cal. It won't be much further. I know you're tired, buddy, but I can't carry you. Come here, big man. There you are. Roach and Julia hadn't noticed Pete and Danny stopping and carried on walking. So, what kind of a name is Roach? Sorry? Roach. It's not your real name, is it? Well, obviously not. It's Stephen. Or Steve. So why Roach? I mean, it sounds like an insect or the name before a horse. (laughs) Well, thanks. To be honest, I can't really remember. Folk at school just called me it and I guess it's done. What happened to you lot? How did you lot end up together? Me and Pete met when I joined the crews. He was in a pretty dark place after leaving the army and didn't have much friends. Quite quickly all this shit happened, which made it worse. I basically took him under my wing, looked out for him. Me, Carl and him, we were very close. Best friends. Who's Carl? Oh, sorry. He was our brother. He he died during a routine mission. The dead got him. He gave up everything to save me. Brought us closer, I guess. Every cloud. And what about Danny and Carl? We found them when the city fell. We were tasked with trying to find survivors, take them back to our community. Danny and Carl just lost their parents to the dead and we took them in. Pete fell for her pretty quickly. It's what he needed. She's been very happy. Happiest I've ever seen him. Carl. Carl's like the nephew I never had. He makes my day. Little shit. They soon reached a newsagent. The door was smashed and goods were strewn all around the entrance. Roach slowly approached, stepping over the debris and into the building. Hello? Hello? Roach, Roach, what are you doing? Looking for someone to rest. I reckon we can find some food in here somewhere, some tins or something. 
They must have a lockable office we can chill out in till morning. I don't know, man. It, it doesn't feel safe. Maybe we can find somewhere else. Don't be a pussy. As long as I can lie down, I don't care. Come in, Cal. You've got your beat, Bosch, man. <laughs> Around him was destruction. The shelves had been stripped and goods covered the floor. Graffiti on the wall read, Death is just the beginning. A door at the back of the shop was open, which led to a small storage room. Julia crept in, followed by Cal, Pete and Danny. Roach entered the storage room and moved some of the boxes out of the way to make space. He emptied his bag and laid down some blankets onto the ground and gathered some tins of fruit salad, cold baked beans and soup and laid them out. The rest of the group entered and Danny lay on the ground. Cal cuddled up to her. Julia struggled to get down on the ground but Pete helped lower her down. Pete sat next to Danny and let her lean on him and Roach sat next to the door, back against the wall, protecting the room. So, uh, tell me, what did this Albert guy do to piss you off so much that you'll go halfway across Edinburgh to kill him? Well, he didn't die. Sorry? I think what Pete means to say is that we watched him get bitten and thought he was dead. Abbott was a member of my team before. We were part of a group called the Crows, and we looked for survivors amongst the dead. He was a stubborn old shit, never did as he was told, always had an issue. Our sergeant, poshkit of a guy, O'Connell, stabbed us all in the back, destroyed our community and killed our own people, but apparently had a bit of a soft spot for Abbott. And last we saw, Abbott was heading towards a helicopter with, you guessed it, O'Connell inside as well. And they were going to leave us behind to save their own asses. So when we saw him get eaten, we thought for once Karma had finally helped us out. But apparently she too was up to her bitchy little ways. Fuck. Makes sense why now he looks so fucked up. What do you mean? Well, he has scars all over him. One arm, one leg, with a fake one and one eye. Well, he always had one eye, but fuck me, how the hell did he lose an arm and a leg? Says he caught him off himself, once he was bitten. Jesus. I mean, I knew he was fucked in the head, but I didn't think he could do that to himself. Anything to survive, I suppose. Don't know if I could do that myself. Yeah, me neither. So, before you got to the stadium, did you find anything? Not really. Just a few bits and bobs here and there. One weird thing, though. Uh, when you've been out, have you ever seen one of those things scream? Scream? No, can't say that I have. Yeah, it was weird. We were checking out a coffee shop farther down the Royal Mile. Suddenly we had about seven other fuckers on us. Once we dealt with them, we heard this god-awful screech come from somewhere. I saw one of them in the middle of the road. Looked different from the rest. Bigger. Seemed to almost be calling to them. Uh, of course we legged it, not seen it again. That's messed up. What does that mean? I don't know. They're evolving. It's possible, I guess. We don't know what they can do, really. Just means we need to be more on our guard than before. I suppose, but screaming? That's really creepy. Yeah, it was. Hey, look, should get some sleep. Tomorrow's a big day. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. The group drifted off to sleep as the sounds of the empty shop surrounded them. The dull drone of the rain and the dead remained outside. They did not stir. After a few hours, they were awoken by the voice of a man, loud 
and menacing. Wake up, my sleeping beauties. Uh uh uh. Not a good idea. Lil, grab their weapons. Who the fuck are you? Well, we've been looking all over for you. Pete, I assume. And Julia. You recognise me? Fuck you. Friend of yours? <laughs> oh, yes. We go way back. Old friends. He works for Abar. <laughs> yeah. And he's eager to have a reunion with you. So here is what's going to happen. You're going to grab your shit and we are going to get going. There is a horde coming up this way and you do not want to get caught up in that. Believe me. Fuck you. We're not going anywhere with you. <laughs> Shut Don't it. Don't you fucking touch her, you Language, bitch. Peter. In front of an infant as well. I am shocked. <laughs> Lil, take him outside. No, no don't, don't, don't. Don't you fucking touch him. Whoa. All right, Biggin, chill out. We're just taking him out of the room so we don't see his mummy and daddy get hurt. Who is his mummy and daddy anyway? Is it you? And, well, can't be yours, Gigantor, because he's not ginger, which means... Peepee. Fuck you! Don't you dare lay a finger on him! <laughs> Sit back down! You stupid girl! Don't you fucking touch her, you prick! She's fucking pregnant! What? what? <sighs> nice one, Pete. Now everyone knows. Oh, shit. Sprog number two on the way. Wow. Sounds like congratulations are in order. Shove it up your ass. Right. Well, it's been lovely getting to know you, but as I said, we're on a bit of a tight schedule on account of the massive horde of dead coming its way. So if we could get going, that would be great. The remaining men helped the group to their feet, violently and roughly tied their hands behind their back with zip ties around their wrists. George, hurry up! I'm coming. Right. Come on. Let's go. That's it. Go. They were led out of the room and back into the street. The torrential rain had stopped, and now the stench of the rotting city was ever more prevalent, and that hit Danny hard. She pulled away from her captor and violently vomited. Jesus! That stench! Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, come on, follow Lily. Come on, this way. Danny looked up. Vomit dripping from her chin as she watched Lily skipping along the road, pointing out horrendous scenes of rotting bodies on the ground, destroyed shops and debris on the floor. She looked like a child in a toy shop as she pointed out all of the macabre things she wanted. I should really be carrying an umbrella like one of those tall guys used to do. On your right, we have a dead body. On your left, a burnt out car. Oh, and coming up is a lovely burnt out shop with burnt bodies hanging out of the window. It's just fabulous. Shut up, Lil. Just get to the bus. bus? You're so boring. Hold on, you have a vehicle? <laughs> you didn't think we walked here, did you? The group were dragged to a large minibus. Corrugated metal had been nailed to the side of the vehicle and barbed wire wrapped around the top of the vehicle. Large light clung to the side, illuminating the area surrounding the vehicle. Blood and chunks of meat hung from three large spikes that protruded out the front of the vehicle. Through the splatters of blood on the side of the bus, Danny noticed the words carnage spray-painted. She shook her head. I call it carnage because it causes carnage when we plough through the dead. Get in. You, sit up front with your son. He's my little brother, not my son. Ah, oh, Pete, what a shame. You're not the father. Unless uh, you're the father of... No shit, Sherlock. 
It's okay, Cal. I'm going to be okay. Don't lie to the boy. You are going to be far from okay. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Carnage Express. There are no seatbelts, so sit tight, shut the fuck up, and hold on. Next stop, hell. The bus trundled to a start and made its way through the streets, smashing into wrecked vehicles and groups of shambling dead as it made its way to its final destination, Abbott. The Fallen, an Eerie Earth production, written and directed and edited by Kieran Begg, starring Saxon Davids as Pete Kirkman, Megan Chase as Danny Cunningham, Beth Eltringham as Julia, Andrew Lodge as Roach, Ben James as George, Nicole Zivilich as Lily, music by Peter Wyshynski, and the fallen theme by Ross Budgens. For more information, please head to eerieearth.com. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.